Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned PhD. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. Hey, hey, welcome everybody. This is Dr. Jason Carthen, the leadership linebacker. And you know what? I'm excited today because we are going to be talking about how the military helps to prepare you for a successful transition into the life of an entrepreneur. And we have a very special guest that I'm going to get to that in a minute, but just want to share with all of you that across the nation this weekend, we are honoring those that have decided to follow their calling into the military with truly life-altering consequences in order to protect our freedoms. This Memorial Day weekend, we are reminded of what it truly means to give of oneself fully. Thanks to our veterans and those in the armed forces, many of us will never know what it means to fight for our country or to give the ultimate sacrifice for what we believe in. But for those of you who have served and may be currently deployed, I want to say to you, thank you for your service and encourage you to never give up hope or lose sight of what you are fighting for. Now, on today's show, we have a very special guest who has not only blazed a successful path in business, but is a veteran of the armed forces for over two decades. Dr. Charles Jackson will be joining us on the show to share his insights concerning not only navigating life in the military, but the inherent benefits that serving in the military has allowed him to leverage as an entrepreneur and a very successful leader. But before we introduce Dr. Jackson to you, I just want to remind everybody that if you will navigate over to jasoncarthen.com, we always have some uh, free gifts there for you. You take a look over in the right sidebar and just click on that area. You'll see some great things that we want to give to you to make sure we are really just pouring into you and helping you in your personal development and allowing you to move forward. That's our gift to you because we are committed to your success. Also want to remind you that coming up on June 27th, we have the next I Speak Life Academy workshop. It's going to be dealing with how to lead and manage effectively in any setting. It's so important to have the tools that you need to be effective in a leadership role. So now without further ado, let me just uh, share a little bit about Dr. Jackson with you. Dr. Charles Jackson is the president and CEO of Mijan Designs, a project and construction management firm providing consulting, planning, estimating, and scheduling services. He has been instrumental in designing and managing the construction of many church edifices. He's also been very instrumental in multi-million dollar contracts with the city of Toledo, uh, the engineers and architects of Black and VH engineers, and the state of Ohio. He also serves as project manager for the University of Tampa, where he oversees the construction of several, and I say several, multi-million dollar academic and athletic buildings for the advancement of the university. Dr. Jackson began his career in the military in 1984, serving in the U.S. Army for three years and continuing in the Ohio State National Guard, acquiring the rank of sergeant in 1992. Then after eight years of service, he enrolled in the Officers Candidate School in Fort Benning, Georgia, and he was awarded the commission of second lieutenant and ultimately promoted to first lieutenant before retiring with 20 years of service with an honorable discharge. During his years of service, 
Lieutenant Jackson also received several medals, such as Ohio Faithful Service Ribbon, the Army Achievement Medal, three times. He oversees the Service Medal. He also received the Service Medal, the Sharpshooter Medal, the Physical Fitness. I mean, this guy, if you see him now, he's still cut up. <laughs> he's just in great shape. But Dr. Jackson holds a BS degree in Construction Management from the University of Toledo, a Master's of Divinity from Andersonville Theological Seminary, and a doctoral degree in Theology from Andersonville Theological Seminary. He also has two daughters and two grandsons. Dr. Jackson, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Dr. Carson. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, man. My privilege. You know, when I thought about what we could do on this Memorial Day weekend and how we could really truly honor those that have paid that ultimate price and those that uh, are still serving and fighting for our freedoms, you know, I said, how can we relate the two? And I thought about you and I said, man, I'm hoping that I can even get him on the show because I know you're busy. I I know you're running your own company. I know you're helping people. You're doing all these great things. And I wanted to tap into how you have been able to achieve so much success after transitioning, you know, from the military, because many people. Hey, I mean, if they if they're serving their country like you have and for for, for such a long period of time, you sort of wonder, okay, is it? going to be it after that but you have obviously (laughs) gone on and above that and you're doing some great things bring us up to speed and also our listeners with some of the things that you're doing right now some of the projects you may be working on or whatever it may be well um first of all i'm we're working on uh i'm working on several projects university of tampa right now we're doing uh eight-story uh multi-purpose building it's three stories one and two is uh, academic and uh um Student services. Then in between there, three, four, five, six, and seven floors is a parking garage. And on the eighth floor, we're doing uh, an entrepreneur center. The, the goal of the president is to be able to have the state-of-the-art entrepreneur center in the College of Business and to bring other leaders in, other professionals in from different organizations, and teach our students how to become successful uh, entrepreneurs. So that's a great project for us. It's it's about a 16-month project. We're, we're, it's going to culminate uh, July uh, 31st, August 1st time frame. It's going to be probably about a $48 million construction project. Oh, wow. In addition, <laughs> we are um, just underway. We just broke ground for a two-story uh, fitness um, center at the University of Tampa, uh, which houses about uh, 8,000, roughly 8,000 students, uh, about 7,500 of them uh, off on campus, about you know, on, on a 90% basis. And then we just started a renovation for uh, one of our older dorms, a two-story a co-ed dorm, we pretty much we can't tear it down because it's grandfathered into a historical building, but we're able to just gut it all out, leave the structure intact, and just redo the whole, the air conditioning, electrical, plumbing, everything. It's going to be basically a brand new building except for the, the whole of it. Uh, we'll finish that August 1st. Wow. We're really doing a, a, a two, it's about 6,500 square feet building. We're going to totally gut it, renovate it, and have it back up running in about 10 weeks. We have an awesome team. And it's very challenging, but I think we're going to be very successful in doing it. So that's currently from the construction side. But I want to also tap in, Jason. You said earlier uh, that uh, how was I, how have I been so successful? I've been blessed to be able to, my, my whole career background has been tied to engineering construction. Uh, that was my study going into uh, when I first started college out of, out of high school. And then I also linked that parallel with military. I did construction in the military. So it's been a marriage on both sides, the civilian side and the, and the uh, military side. So that's how I've been. So I, did, I didn't even slow down. I didn't even stop. I, I worked uh, in a construction firm when I was at going to college. 
and also while I was in the military. So it's been running parallel the whole way. And and I just took the experience that I got from the military while I was going to school, and I took my knowledge what I learned in school and and uh, used for the military. So it's been it's been a link, man. And I've been blessed to be able to keep that going and use the contacts and all the things I've learned in the military and put those actions into play, put those experiences into play in my civilian side. Then I took my civilian education and enhanced my military side. So it's been a great mix, man. I've just been fortunate, uh, network with the right people on both sides of the spectrum, and, and I just continue. Now, there's good networking. Uh, there's a lot of avenues that I, I would encourage uh, our, our veterans to, once they get out of retire or once they come from the service, when they get back to the civilian sector, be able to tap into the Veterans Administration. There's all kind of uh, options available, but you have to make sure that you talk to the right people and be diligent and persistent. Because sometimes you hit roadblocks and people get discouraged when they get back in. It's hard to get back in the flow of society, but you have to be diligent and tap into the service that's available for us from the, from the veteran side. And there are a lot of avenues out there, so you have to be persistent. Well, let me let me ask you this, and thank you for that. I mean, I, I can I can tell that you're passionate about construction. I can tell that you are passionate about what you're doing for the University of Tampa, and and I think one of the things that let me back up so we can go forward. So you you talked about having a linkage between not only your education while you were still serving in the military, but once you effectively transitioned. And, you know, on today's show, we're talking about how the military helps to prepare you for a successful transition into the life of an entrepreneur. And it sounds like you had a vision and clarity of purpose on your heart very early on. So what made you, because this is going to help some of our listeners, and I also would encourage if there's someone that wants to call in, make sure you call us at 888-281-1110. But what made you be able to see so quickly that, hey, I I like this thing of designing, engineering, and, and putting it all together and tying it to your purpose? How did you see that so clearly uh, at the very early stages, Charles. How did you do that? Well, I, again, it was it was kind of a, a vision that, that I think that God had given me. I, I knew, I, I did architectural drafts in high school, and I just fell in love with the fact that you can take some drawings. Uh, at that time, with no AutoCAD, just drawings on paper and pencil on a board, and you can take those drawings, and, and I can literally go out into a vacant land and see a building come out of the ground and be able to understand the whole concept, put the architectural side to it, put the construction side to it, and then I was taught how to manage those two teams of, of, of business people and, and come up with a product, which is, a, in the conclusion, is a building. But I think also, uh, Jason, it was the fact that uh, I, I kind of took the notion that I wanted to be able to uh, understand not only just one side of it, but I wanted to be able to understand both sides of how it worked. And the, the beautiful thing about it is the military has so many jobs, so many work opportunities out there for you, and they knew, because I, I, I made it my, my point to say, I'm already doing design. I'm already thinking about architecture and construction. What do you have on the, on the military side that ties into that? So they mm-hmm. initially sent me to survey school, and I, I like that. I understood how you have to know about the soils and the ground and, and how to be able to, when you build a building, the foundation has to be solid. So in order to do that, you have to know about the ground. Mm-hmm. And so then they well, uh, not only that, but we, they sent me to drafting school. So I did drafting on the secular side in, in high school and in college. Then I did drafting through the military. So I learned both aspects of how the thing ties together. So then now, my, my other mission was, okay, now, I know I, I, I initially wanted to just go to, to military to get my school paid for, because they paid for my college tuition. 
100% at the time. Tuition, books, fees, everything. So my commitment was if, if, if you come and serve for the country, then they will pay your tuition. So it was a marriage for me. I was committed to them, and they were committed to me. Mm. And so since they were my tuition, I felt that it was my duty to learn everything I could because at the end of the day, I was going to get out after my six-year commitment and just go to the college and get my degree and get a job and start my company like I initially planned. But because I was learning so much, and it had so much to offer, because once I found out that all this, the uh, revenue and all the resources that the military had after six years, I didn't want to give up on it. I said, okay, now I can, you know, not only make money, but I can learn and grow, and I was meeting so many different people because uh, I was able to travel all over the country, other parts of the world, and gain experience and gain knowledge, talking to military engineers and architects, then also talking to civilians and working with civilians and so it was. I was learning so much, I decided to make a career out of it. And wow. so it, it developed from there. Okay, so now we're going to take a break here in a couple of minutes. But one of the things okay. that I wanted to ask you, just as a follow-up to what you just shared, you know, for some of the people that are going in, you see these commercials that say, hey, we're going to pay for college. <laughs> we're going to do all these different things. But for you, that may have been your initial thought. But once you got in there, I'm hearing you say that your heart was tugged and you started to say, wow, I mean, I, I'm learning, I'm growing, and I really could make a career out of this. And not only did you make a career out of it, I mean, you went above and beyond and started doing so many other things. So, you know, I just, uh, I applaud you for that. I think at the end of the day, for those people that may even be contemplating um, just a, a career in the service or even just going back and going to school, you know, for that basis, there's an opportunity to even have more of a impact because if we're listening to what you're saying and we're hearing you clearly, the Army and just the military, they have a lot to offer if you are open to it. So now when we come back from break, we're going to continue to talk to Dr. Jackson here and we're going to talk about how the military really helped him to prepare for that successful transition. You are listening to Dr. Jason Carthen, the leadership linebacker, and I'm excited because we are celebrating our veterans today. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Dr. Jason. We have been talking to Dr. Charles Jackson, and we are dealing with the idea of how the military actually helps you to prepare for a successful transition into the life of an entrepreneur. And Dr. Jackson has not only had quite a bit of success in the armed forces, but also outside of that uh, as president and CEO of Mijan Designs, and then also just overseeing so many multi-million dollar projects for the University of Tampa. Now, as we celebrate this Memorial Day weekend, Dr. Jackson, let me ask you this, okay? What does the ultimate sacrifice of some of your brothers and sisters mean to you in the armed forces? Uh, that's kind of, for me, it, it's um, being able to put your life on, uh, on the line so that the American people can have freedom to do as they please, as the Constitution allows to have freedom of speech, press, and religion. And what that means is that you have to take it upon yourself to have the discipline, the integrity, uh, the camaraderie, the bravery to be able to go in another 
country, going away from your home, from your family, from your friends, from your loved ones, and sacrifice your life, uh, spend time away from the people that you love in order to protect and preserve something for all of us to enjoy. And to me, uh, that is one of probably the most courageous, the most uh, noteworthy thing that I can think of because I, I actually served in the military and, and been able to... The, the, the most thing that I want people to understand is even though we're not at war per se right now, the military trains all branches, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, and the Reserves, Army and, and, and National Guard, train in peacetime for war. Mm. So what that means is that no matter what you're doing in your civilian world, there's somebody out there preparing to give their life so we can be able to maintain the freedom that we have. That is an amazing thing to me. And then not only that, not only you're training, but they're paying you, you're learning, you learn so much. And I was sharing with uh, uh, one of my other civic dudes that I do, I'm a part of the Billion Young uh, Men for Christ uh, Foundation that I started, also the Our Power uh, um, Ministry that our church for our youth. And I shared with some young men the other day, I said, you know, a lot of you all, uh, you don't want to take the responsibility. You want to nobody tell you anything. There's no discipline. There's, there's no, you don't know about anything about respect and trust. I said, if you're not doing anything else out here in the streets, the military would be a grand opportunity for you to go and learn respect, learn discipline, uh, be able to learn how to trust someone. But in, more important than that, or equally important to that, you're able to uh, get a career. Mm. You have to learn and teach somebody to teach you the things you need so when you can do come back in, in life after your military career, you will know how to appreciate the things that you take for granted right now. And, and as young adults, they don't see that right now. And let me ask you this, and I, let me cut in there, because I, I think you are on to something there, because it's almost like, you know, when I was growing up, and I know, you know, we're older now, <laughs> but our young people, it's when we were growing up, the military was always an option. It was always like, well, if I cannot move forward in this uh, craft that I want to do, or if I don't want to maybe go to college, then the military is a very viable option to not only have success, but to thrive. And it appears now, Dr. Jackson, it's almost like people are saying, well, you know what, I, I don't want to fool with the military. I, I may lack the discipline, but what they want from me is too much. And <laughs> I guess I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, where do we, and I know it's, it's speculative, but where do we kind of uh, move away from the military being just a, a great opportunity and now to this, well, they want too much for me. And it's like, wow, wait a minute, man. I mean, if you serve your country, that's a awesome awesome opportunity. It's not something that should be looked upon lightly. So I don't know. I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Well, well my, and you, you, you hit it right on the hip. The thing is, Carson, is this. Uh, first of all, the military has gotten a bad name over the last 20, 10, 15 years uh, because of war. No, nobody wants to... Uh, wars, wars are a bad thing because people die and, and people get killed and, and people's lives are on the line. So anytime you look at it from that perspective, then from a younger generation who don't, doesn't have the uh, uh, detailed knowledge about why certain things happen when it comes to war, then the first thing, well, I'm not going to get killed for some stuff that don't have anything to do with me. And, and, and I get that, but again, I don't get it. And what I mean by that is that we have not done a good job. I'm talking about the American people now, and I don't want to get into all the policies of it, but we have not done a good job of promoting what the military really means. And that means that not just from the war standpoint, but there's so many other 
opportunities. There's so many other things that the military has, has to offer other than war. And when you look at it from that perspective, I tell I was telling a parent yesterday at the, at the banquet I spoke at, uh, if your son or daughter at age of 15, 16, 17 years do not have a clue about what they want to do with their lives as far as careers or college or, or getting a trade school, something like that, then just because you say you're going to go to the military, that's, that does not automatically mean they're going to go to war. There's mm-hmm. so many jobs that offer the military that you would never, you very, uh, it's a rare chance you go to war. Yeah. So what that means is that you can go and get it, get a, get, learn a job that you're going to get paid, you're going to learn some discipline, you're going to get the travel. It, there's so many ex- aspects of life that you're getting exposed to that you wouldn't necessarily get while you just sit around waiting to decide what you're going to do. Yeah. It helps you prepare you, train you to get you ready for because sooner or later, no matter how we are, you got to take responsibility for your life. That's right. And that, let me, and we got a caller too that's uh, going to chime in here in a second. But one of the things that I just want to piggyback on is that, hey, you have to take responsibility for your life. And if you're talking about serving, you know, our country, I, hey, to me, that, that's a, a privilege at the end of the day. And, you know, we have a caller on the line, Jeff. Uh, hey, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Okay. Good. Thanks for calling in. You got a question for us. Well, I I think they should bring the draft back more than they're doing. Oh. I mean, these young people nowadays, they think it's a big joke. I mean, the, the military and everything. If they don't have to do any kind of service. I think you go over to Israel, everybody has to serve a little bit of time. That's right. Yeah. And, and you know, Jeff, I think one of the things, too, that we have to remember, and I, I appreciate you sharing that, one of the things we have to remember is that it's a privilege uh, to serve our country. And, you know, I know, uh, and Dr. Jackson, well, you I, can. I would have, I, I, I enlisted before I got drafted. That was back in, uh, back in the 70s. Oh, wow. And, uh, okay. So, yeah. you know, but, I mean, kids nowadays, uh, it's, it, it, you know, I, yeah, I know. We could we could go on. And and I think that's what Dr. Jackson is talking about, too. I mean, I think the value add is there if for they, us. If, if you they know? have to put some skin in the game, yes. they pay attention. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And that's I mean, and I think that works. That works with everything, you know, that we right. that we right. are tied to. If we have a stake in it, then at the end of the day, we're going right. to be more cognizant and willing, you know, to. Yeah, just do what we need to do. So, Jeff, thank you right. for calling in, okay. man. I All certainly right. appreciate it. Make sure All you right. stay connected with us. All right, thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so, you know, Dr. Jackson, now, you heard what Jeff just shared. And, you know, at the end of the day, you had plenty of skin in the game. <laughs> you were yes. there. You were doing that thing. And, you know what, let me ask you something, because I know we're going to run into a break again here. But one of the things that I want to hear from you, how did you deal? Because you were balancing Quite a bit. I mean, you were serving, you were training, uh, you were doing all these things, and you still had your purpose in mind. You still had, you know, the idea that I want to be successful. Uh, what was it like for you when you went into uh, that training and the discipline? Tell us a little bit about that discipline. And we only have about a minute for you to share that, but tell us what it was like to get yourself I can, ready. I can, I can, I can sum it real quick. First of all, my. You, my thing is this, uh, Dr. Carlton, is if, if I can't give 100% effort, I'm not going to do it. I, I, I was taught from an early age, if you're not going to give your, your, your best, then don't, 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 don't play around. Because my name is at stake. My name, my word means something. But the one thing that kept me focused and kept me grounded and, and, and plugged in is that 
my end goal was in order for me to get my tuition paid for, I had to graduate with honor, you know, uh, successfully receive the military. If you go in and you get kicked out, my my, my tuition was going to have to come out of my pocket. So that was my main skin in the game. They're giving something, but that means I got to give something too. So if you go in with that mindset, uh, the military, it's a weed out process. Everybody's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. So I was determined that I'm not going to be the one, the one that gets sent home after eight weeks. And so my determination let me know that, okay, if they're going to commit to this, then you got to commit to something. And once you make that commitment and you stick to it, no matter what they send at you, no matter what happens, you're going to be committed because you got something to lose at the end of the day. And I was not, I was determined I wasn't going to lose. Wow. And you know what? I, and I think you're, you're giving us the, the nice version, but I know for a fact, my, my wife actually, she served in the military too. And she told me about just basic training and everything that was associated with it. And, and we're going to take a break here, but I think one of the things that our, our listeners uh, need to remember is that, hey, at the end of the day, if you're not being stretched, then you're never going to grow. You know, if you're not being tested, if you're not being pushed, then you're never going to grow. And after two decades serving in the military, you know, Dr. Jackson, I know you were stretched. And I think our listeners always remember, hey, if we're not striving for something uh, more, something to stretch us, then we're going to stay right where we are. So keep that in mind. And I'll tell you when we come back. All right. When we come back from break, I definitely want to hear it. So, hey, you've been listening to Dr. Jason Carthen and stay tuned with us. We'll be right back. everybody this is dr jason we've been talking about how the military helps to prepare you for a successful transition into the life of an entrepreneur and we've been talking to dr jackson who has been really sharing some nuggets with us not only about just making the transition but also just the mindset of following the vision that's been placed upon your heart and connecting it with your purpose so Dr. Jackson, you said you had a story for us that was really relative to just your time uh, <laughs> and and really the discipline that was required of you. What was that like? Well, I'll just give you a, a little summation. Uh, I was blessed again. God has always put people in my way to prepare me, give me information, give me those little nuggets, as you say. And I'm always attentive to those things because I know if they went through it, I should be able to gain something from it. So my uncle was uh, a Vietnam veteran. And he served in the National Guard. So he says, if you want to get uh, the school paid for, he's the one who introduced me to the Guard. He said, but now, before you go, let me sure the one thing that they strive on is physical fitness. And I played sports, so I kind of had to, you know, try to keep myself in good physical condition. So I started working out several months before I went to take the physical fitness test. And, and uh, so when I went there, I, was, I felt like I was prepared. I was ready to go. But the military does something that, you know, you can't even prepare because you, don't, you really don't know until you get there. They, they have what they call PT, which is physical training. It's early in the morning, like 4.45 in the morning. So uh, I, I felt like, you know, whatever they throw in, I'm going to be ready for it. But they get you up as soon as you hit the, hear the bell. I mean, it's a physical bell that rings that, you know, get up and take off. And they take out in this sand pit and push up, sit up, you know, jumping jacks, three-mile run, five-mile run, ten-mile run, whatever. And I was handling that, but what I, what I wasn't able to handle the military is not only about physical fitness, it's about leadership. Mm. And once you are there, they depict very on, because they have to be, they pick people that's going to be 
squad leaders, platoon leaders, platoon sergeants, so that when you were picked as a leadership, you were in charge of some other people that you were responsible for their well-being, whether it's PT or whether it's academics or whatever it is, you're responsible for these people. So I was able to handle the field aspects, but I wasn't able to, to handle the leadership position. So what happened to me on the first uh, physical exercise we had, I was in condition, so when they started doing push, I saw other people that were straining and struggling because they weren't in shape. And I, I thought it was comical, so I started to laugh. And oh, no. <laughs> at all. That's oh, we got a hero. They call people heroes. When you when you step out of line, you want to stick your chest out, you want to think you're more than everybody. So this uh, drill instructor, I got a job for you. Come on over here. And since you want to laugh, I'm gonna make, I got something you to laugh about. But he put me in this trench, which is like a little ditch. Uh-huh. But I was in there. Uh, in the reverse, my head was in the lower part and my feet was in the higher part. Oh. And he said to me, push up until I get tired. Not till I get tired, but till he get tired. <laughs> and man, I was in that ditch for <laughs> see, like an eternity, Dr. Covenant. <laughs> I mean, just pushing and pushing until my, and, and there was water in the trench. And oh. I pushed so long and, it, and then they have to think everything you do, you have to request permission. Mm-hmm. And so I did as much as I could do, which I thought was about 60 push-ups, I say, uh, I was a candidate then. I wasn't really a, a soldier. They call you, you a candidate. Candidate Jackson requests permission to recover, which means I'm asking him, can I get up? And he says, no, I ain't tired. So he walked away. And I just, he said, keep on pushing. So I pushed him more. And I just literally just, my arms collapsed. My face just, you know, fell down in the in the mud and the dirt and the water, man. And this everybody come and look at this hero. So he brought the whole platoon over and, they began now. You you want somebody? You want something to laugh? Laugh! Everybody was just laughing. I was I became the joke, and I was humiliated, man. Wow. And he says to me now, if you really want to uh, be a leader and help someone, when you see someone struggle, then you go and assist them. You go and encourage them. You go and motivate them. That's what being a leader is. Not that you pick up people because you're doing better than them. And it taught me a, the first lesson on leadership. Wow. And so and it was those little things throughout. Every single day, I was learning to help other people and to, to be, assist other soldiers who were less fortunate, whether it was based around for marksmanship, whether it's PT, whether it was doing your lane training, which is actually your job that you do out in the field. So you learn those things, and those are the kind of lessons that they teach. It's rigorous, it's hard, it's brutal, but what it does is it weed out the ones that, that's not ready for that, that challenge because everybody can't do the military. Now, let me cut in here because, you know, two things. The reality is this is like perfect in terms of the show because, you know, this is discover the leader in you. And and the reality is that when you go into the military, if I hear you correctly, it's almost like some of these things are untapped. And if you have not developed your ability to lead or if you have not developed that that internal strength to be able to move forward, then it's going to be revealed. And I know that uh, based upon your story, that is something that maybe a civilian doesn't know. I mean, they don't know how you are crafted in the fire, how you are developed, how you are strengthened to become that type of leader. And, you know, the second thing is my bride is in the studio and I saw her wincing because she was in the army, too. And and honey, do you have any comments or thoughts based upon what she's rolling her eyes upon what uh, Dr. Jackson shared? Go ahead. Man, my first thought is, Dr. Jackson, uh, kudos to you for sharing because some of my stories, I'm still like, okay, how did I get through that? You talk about leadership skills. Try doing 50 push-ups with the flag on your back and the drill sergeant telling you that if the flag touches the ground, I'm going to keep adding 50 more. 
And so the flag became my best friend. And I actually was a platoon guide uh, carrying that flag everywhere with me. I didn't eat without the flag by my side. (laughs) I mean, PT became my best friend so much so now that when I enjoy marathons, I think about uh, running next to the first sergeant and him telling me, you know, Santiago, you better pick up the pace. He's like, you know, you know, pick it up. And I'm like. First sergeant, I'm just trying to have the platoons back. I got the platoons back. I mean, it was a struggle. So much so that um, my first uh, short haircut came about when my drill sergeant kept saying, you know, Santiago, that uh, that bun keeps touching the back of your collar and drop and give me 50. And I said, you know what? I told my husband, I said, my first haircut, I was t- I, my arms couldn't get any bulkier. I was tired of doing push-ups, so I went and got a haircut the first time they let us off post. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, and this is great. Just listening to you two and just some of the uh, challenges, but also those moments where you were strengthened. And, you know, Meridi, we will talk about it sometimes uh, and she'll share with me just how it changed her, you know, serving in the military in that way. And Dr. Jackson, it sounds like it changed you, too, but in a way that really not only allowed you to walk in your purpose, but also to really do some amazing things. So let me ask you a very pointed question. If we're talking about successful transition into the life of an entrepreneur, now okay. you you made the transition, okay? And what do you think, if, if there were two things that you were able to identify from serving in the military that helped you with that transition, what would those two things be? One of them would be immediately Dr. Carlton, is the military teach you to have a vision. And, and the vision is either it's somebody else's vision or it's your vision. Mm-hmm. If it's somebody else's vision, that means you got to follow and do and understand and support and what they're doing. That's nothing wrong with it because everybody don't have that leadership vision. But my thought process is this, secondly, that if I got to do all this work for somebody else's vision, why not it be mine? Mm. Wow. That's and powerful. So if it's mine, then now I can do the detail. I can uh, set the parameters. I can uh, lay out the guidelines. I can do the supportive role to make sure that I have other people that follow me. Because the thing about a leader is, if you say you're a leader and you don't have nobody following you, you're just going for a walk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, but now if I got people following me, that means I have to give some instructions. I have to give some guidelines, and I have to be able to show them my vision. Yeah. That's powerful. And that's not a it's not an easy thing. That's not an easy thing. And you know what? And you know what, Marie, let me ask you, you know, I mean, you you are the ED of, of a foundation. You're doing some great stuff in the community. Let me ask you, Marie, what were the two things that you would point to that have allowed you to successfully transitioned uh, transition after the military into just being an entrepreneur? Uh, Well, considering that my passion is servant leadership, I'd say the first and foremost thing that the military taught me was it's not all about you. I mean, first of all, we're serving our country. So in anything that you do, you're serving others. So that was my first takeaway. Uh, My second takeaway is that, I mean, whatever you do, you have to do your best at because you only get one shot at this. So even in the military, we're getting constantly tested with you know, your PT testing, your skills, the things that you do. So you have to be prepared for everything. So to have an open mind and, and to be able to take direction and not be offended by it because those leaders that you have in the Army, uh, in the Marines, wherever you're serving, they're put there for a reason. And so it humbled me because coming from 
where I think I know everything or, or who are you talking to or, or things like that, they break you down and build you up. And so just being able to keep quiet long enough to understand it, they're teaching me this to help me. Mm. So that was the second thing. It was really hard, but but it helped to transition. And so now into my organization, I'm able to serve others and and be able to go, okay, let me listen and then and then speak and react. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, let me back on something that um, Maria said. The one thing that, I, I, in addition to my um, being a soldier, I after I got promoted to sergeant, I couldn't get any high promotion like the sergeant E5. And I wanted to get to E6, but there was an E6 ahead of me who wasn't going anywhere. There was an E7 ahead of him that wasn't going anywhere. So my coming commander came and he says, have you considered being an officer? And mm. so in 1991, I, I took a uh, transition to go from being enlisted to an officer, which would be in charge of the enlisted people. And one thing, they, they, and I had to go to Fort Benning, George, and train for like almost uh, six months to officer school. And the first thing that they teach you uh, in officer school while you're, while you're in candidacy is that if you are not uh, a good, successful leader, people die. Mm. Wow. Like I said before, in, in peacetime, they train you for war. And mm. one thing they, the military had a big problem with, you know, early on and, and with officers, that they come in with their, a lot of times they come in with a, a, a bachelor's degree, they go right to officer school, and a lot of them, your first duty assignment, you go overseas to Korea or Germany or some other a military location in a foreign country. But when they go into wartime situations, because they had no field training, they had to they had the education background from secular side or military education, but they had no field training. Field training means that you're going into a wartime situation and leading people to accomplish a mission, and if you make one simple mistake, you die or wow. somebody dies. And so what they teach is you got to put your hand in somebody's life, uh, life in somebody's hand, and then your buddy, which they call the buddy team, that guy got to put his life in your hand. And, and so in, in, in the, in the uh, peacetime, they train for war. So I mean, every scenario you're training, it's like we're in a war situation. So if you train in a war situation, you have to be very careful. You have to take yourself serious because if you don't, somebody could die. And, that, and it could be your fault. So now, you can't go in plan. You can't go in with the mind to where I got to. You can't take it for granted. It's a life-threatening situation. And that's how serious it is. So you can't, if you go into it with any other mentality, and they first of all, they're gonna, you're not going to make it. But secondly, if you do slip through the cracks, then it's even more serious because now somebody's life is in your hands. Yeah, that Dr. Is, Jackson, is. let me let me cut in. We're going to take a quick break. But, you know, just both of you hearing the similarity in stories, but then also just how it's changed and transformed you is just amazing. And I want to hear a little bit more about the uh, Officers Candidate School. And then also I have a question. You know, when we come back from break, what is the one thing – that civilians may not understand about the mindset of a soldier. And that's for both of you when we come back from break. Hey, everybody, stay tuned in. And remember to call if you have questions, 888-281-1110. July 24th for this year's Celebrity Golf Classic sponsored by the Leaders of Tomorrow Initiative at Glen Eagles Golf Course in Tunsburg. For more information, join us on the web at www. 
www.thelightinitiative.org or call us at 330-425-0962. We need your help. And now back to Dr. Jason Carson and Discover the Leader in You. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I have had the uh, privilege of not only talking to Dr. Charles Jackson with uh, actually two decades of service in the military, but my bride actually jumped on the call as well, and she's sharing just her experiences serving in the military. And before we went to break, Dr. Jackson, we were trying to figure out what is that one thing that civilians may not understand about the mindset of a soldier? Um, I was thinking about that as, as we went on break, and, and I called this is the one thing that I, I want to put out that I can't put enough emphasis on it. Once a soldier, no matter what branch it is, swear in and, and, and say that he uh, or she uh, swear to defend this country in all avenues, whether it's foreign or domestic, immediately their whole life changes. Mm. And with the training, with the, all the uh, exercise they do, all the things they're exposed to, uh, once they make that transition, they, they, they are never the same again. And what people don't understand is that I will be I will always be a soldier. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, and I, I, the way I'm trying to explain it is this. If, if you, you you played in the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, once you retired, uh, you're no longer an NFL player. You have some relations. You have some experiences. You have some knowledge about things you were exposed to. But the, the one thing about the military is that it is the most organized organization in the world. Mm-hmm. Everything the military does is repetition. It is ingrained in your life, in your mind, in your thought, in your thinking because they do so. We do so much repetition that sometimes you don't. Even, most times you don't even have to think; it's just reaction. Mm. So when you come back into the, the civilian side, especially people that's been to war, your mind is conditioned to to react to certain things, no matter what the scenario is. And so the way my friends saw me uh, in two thousand in, in nineteen ninety three before I went in. When I transitioned to 84, I'm, I'm no longer that person. Even 20 years later, 25, 30 years later, I'm, I'm not the same because my mindset is still always focused. Right? I've been retired since 2004. Every morning, no matter what time I go to sleep, every morning, I'm going to wake up no later than five, 6 o'clock. I go to bed at 4 o'clock in the morning. My body automatically wakes up at 6 o'clock because it's trained that way. Wow. Yeah. And that's the And I think the discipline, and I think even just for – you know, those of us that have never served in the military, that that understanding of the discipline as you were fashioned into a soldier, yeah. you know, my yeah. my wife included, as you were fashioned into a soldier, you know, you took on certain characteristics, certain disciplines that, you know, hey, you know, it's always going to be there with you. So I love that idea of how you shared that relative to the mindset of a soldier. Now, let me ask you, Meridi, I mean, just what are your thoughts on that? For me, um, it's funny because even this morning after church service, I was reminded of it. It's commitment. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a different level of commitment than anybody else will make um, once you, you know, take the oath and you do that. And and I was reminded this morning as um, my daughter and I were serving after church, she said, Mommy, can we serve food? Because we had the picnic after church. And so I said, sure. And halfway through, she's like, okay, can we eat now? 
And I'm like, no, baby girl, <laughs> we have to finish serving everybody else first because it was a commitment that we made. <laughs> and so it's even even then, like they don't understand the gravity of it as children. But even, you know, when you make a different commitment, you know, when you volunteer to do certain things, you can back out or you can cancel. With the military, you can't do that. You take an oath, you make a commitment. You, you got to see it through. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff. Excellent. And they trained you just for that. It, it, Jason, the thing is so ironic to me, and, and just what Maria is saying, it's like, it's almost like you you would, if you say, you, once you swear in, even in your training, just give you an example, like basic training. When I first got to basic training, I told you about a story about me laughing people. The next week, uh, they made assignments for everybody that had to, you know, uh, be in the leadership position. And they made me what they call the defect officer, down the facility officer. And so he says, now, before uh, every, every people come in the cafeteria three, five people at a time, five people at a time, but it's like you had to feed 250 people in like 30 minutes. And I said to myself, there's no way all these people are eating and get out of here in 30 minutes. But after standing, and I, I was on the post, so I have to, like Maria said, you have to be the last one. So all 249 people had to eat before me. Mm. I'm like, okay, man. It ain't gonna be no fool up. That's the first thing I'm thinking about. <laughs> That's a real response. <laughs> yeah, but watch this. I get to the end of the line, and the the, the uh, drill instructor. I get you. You get your tray. You slide on the line. They put the people put food in the tray. And I knew I had to build a relationship with the, with the uh, the chef. And he said, "Do you want to? You the last one. Do you want an extra half in the peas?" And I said, "Man, put extra peas. Put some. I've been waiting a hundred times. Put the potatoes in there." And so when I get to the line, you you make your turn. And the drill is right in my face. And she says to me, what makes you think you're more special than everybody else? I'm like, what, what is she talking about? I'm about to eat. I got three minutes to eat this food and get out of here because I got to be on my post. She says, everybody else got a one helping and you got two. So what makes you think you're more special than everybody else? And at that moment, I realized that you're, we're all the same. We're all equal. You, right. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter how hard you work, you're no better than, just like we said, you're no better than the other soldier. You're all on the level playing field. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it teaches you that you're not, you put everybody else first and you put yourself last. That's wow. not the way society thinks. Yeah, and that's that's a huge mind shift. Now, we only have a few minutes left. I mean, this show has just flown by today. I, I want to ask you one last question here. So for someone that's currently serving, okay, what tips, what tips, uh, what can they be working on uh, before, you know, they're actually out and they've transitioned or they've retired or uh, whatever it may be? What are just a couple of tips? We only have a couple of minutes left, but what, what are some tips for those people to help them to successfully transition? Because right now they are in it, but they should be thinking about, you know, the transition. What are a couple of tips for them? I, I want to hear from you first, Dr. Jackson, and then we'll hear from Meridi. Two things. One is right now, no matter if they have short timers, means you got less than thirty days, or you got six months, you got a year. Start talking where their home, where their home station, where they're going to come back and reside for their for their civilian side. Start looking at the VA facility in there in that neighborhood, mm-hmm. and ask them what job, based on the job they have in the military, what job links closely to the one that they are serving. In. If not, what what areas they have offered for them to get some assistance. And, and if they don't know, they, they have a regional office that can get them linked up. And they, there's numbers. You go online, go on Google. You can you, hook, you just link up anywhere to VA in your city, and they'll give you a connection where they can get some information from. That's the main thing. You want to get connected to your area through the VA where you're going to come back and reside once you retire. Secondly, all the uh, uh, experience you've learned 
start networking with some people that you can use as a reference from the military side because when you come back to the civilian side, they're going to know what you did, who you worked for, and what kind of relationship you had with those employees on your, on your military side. Make sure you can use those people as a reference, and it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll help their transition when they come back in, in, the, in the civilian sector. Those are two major things. Excellent. Excellent. Mariti, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, just to piggyback, I would uh, get a mentor, just like we had a buddy in the military where you have, you know, somebody has your back, get a mentor in the civilian world, even if they're a former uh, military as well, so that they can help you transition. Uh, don't try to do it alone. Excellent. Yep. Wow. Well, you know what? I just want to say thank you, you know, Dr. Jackson. Thank you for being on the show, man. I mean, just a lot of the nuggets that you've shared have been great. Mariti, I want to say thank you. I know it was impromptu. And and just to all the veterans uh, that may be listening, we go out to over 185,000 people and just want to say thank you for your service and just, uh, you know, as we commemorate Memorial Day and this, this weekend, just know that everything that you do is appreciated. Make sure you continue to serve and serve in a way that will always have that positive impact upon others. Thanks for being a part. This has been Dr. Jason. You've been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. We want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com. Be sure to join us every Sunday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer to discover the leader in you. If you would like to be a sponsor for Discover the Leader in You, call Scott Souza at 1-440-552-2995. That's 1-440-552-2995.